Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Elise, just a black girl out here trying to help everyone do better, including and especially herself. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, um, tuning back in rather, or if you're new here, hi, hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in, get comfy, get a snack, get a drink, um, settle in because we are talking. Um, so yeah, here we are, mid-February. Um, and my birthday's on Sunday. I'm really, I'm not really excited about my birthday. Not because like birthdays aren't exciting. It's just, you know, we've been in quarantine, so it's not like we can like go out. Um, and I shouldn't say I'm not excited for my birthday. I'm excited for different elements of my birthday um, that I previously wasn't like last year and previous years. Um, you know, for one, this will be the second birthday I have where I'm married. Very, very happy. Um, I get to goof off with this guy all the time. Um, and you would think that after being quarantined together for over, well, almost a year, almost a full year, we would be sick of each other. No, 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 no. And I think, you know what, we could talk about it now, I guess. We have a really good rhythm in which, you know, yes, we're living in a two bedroom apartment. So there's only so much separation you can do. But before Emery was born, I would stay in the bedroom and work at my desk and he would stay in the living room and work at his desk. And we'd come together for some lunch and then we'd go back to work, that sort of thing. Uh, we weren't just up in each other's faces all the time. And we still aren't. You know, I'm sitting at my desk right now. He's probably sitting at his desk. I don't know. The door shut um, while Emmy naps. And so it just works out for us, you know, like having that time apart really makes the time that you have together sweeter. And I say, I know I'm saying that as a person who, you know, he lives here. I live here. We're still kind of in each other's faces, but the, just the, the physical separation really helps. So if you can, if you're struggling with that, with, you know, a roommate or a romantic partner or sibling, parents, you know, just try to, try to, Try to set some boundaries. You guys didn't ask for any of this advice, but I'm giving it. <laughs> Try to set some boundaries and say, hey, I'm going to take a few hours and do X, Y, Z alone. You know, it really, really, really helps. Um, yeah, so last week, last week's episode of Not On, Not on Black History Month, Don. Um, and I forgot to put in the clip of Simone Sanders Running it down for Don Lemon, actually, while we're sitting here, let me see if I can find it for you guys. But yes, that was last week's episode. Um, we talked about Chloe Bailey and the BS expectations of people expecting her to be a child. Although same people completely over-sexualized her when she was a child and developing. Um, people don't want to have any ownership of that. Cute. Um, not cute. But yeah, that she's a grown woman now. She's 22 and she's doing what 22 year olds do. Enjoy their bodies. Enjoy their, the changes in their lives. You know, enjoy who they are now. Um, and so it's uber frustrating that she's going through this while at the same time, you know, a certain video of a certain uh, R&B singer drops with his whole business whole entire business just out and about for people to see and 
people are praising him for that. He started OnlyFans. Like, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. And it's really, really frustrating that our young, that our younger women who simply want to do the busset challenge or do the silhouette challenge, you know, um, can't, are, <laughs> we get so much flack and so much nonsense for it. But then a man who's in the middle of a sex act releases a tape or a clip. I'm allegedly someone dropped it. It was supposed to be a leak, but I think I don't know. Um, allegedly is leaked and shows an entire sex act with another person. We don't know if this is revenge porn. We don't know if, you know, the other person consented to this release of this this very intimate clip of her and 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 the R&B singer and he gets no stuff for it. He's getting praises. He's getting people sign up for his OnlyFans. So that's the point that we're at. Um if you're not frustrated yet, stay tuned. But anyway, I forgot to put the clip in of Simone Sanders just running it down while we're not doing this on Black History Month. Here it is. I now say Omarosa, Manigault, Manigault, New. It's Black History Month. We got to talk about Omarosa. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying, look, it is Black History Month, okay? Carter G. Woodson did not go to the mat to uh, get Negro History Week that eventually turned into Black History Month for for us to talk about Amarosa on her apology tour and her attempt to salvage her reputation on a reality television show. Not during Black History Month, Di. Mm -mm. These are the facts. Scott, you go back to that? Alright, sorry. So, yeah. Poor Don Lemon couldn't even get himself together because Simone Sanders is just, I stand. I appreciate this. So, yeah. Anywho, that was last week's episode. This week's episode, we got a lot to talk about. And once again, it's minimally involved in politics. So that's two weeks in a row, guys. We're doing great. Um, so let's get to it. Let's get to the church announcements. Hit it, Earl. Let the people of the reclaim say amen. Glad to be here, say amen again. And say amen one more time if you really like the show. We glad that y'all here today and these will be your church announcements. Okay, welcome to the church announcements. Welcome, welcome, welcome me, welcome you. Um, I'm going to start with the nonsense first and work my way up. The impeachment is happening. I figured we'd just get the politics right out of the way, which is wild that this is politics. It's, that it's political to tell someone, hey, you can't start an insurrection just because you lost an election. <laughs> but apparently it has to be said to a 76-year-old white guy who is not used to being held accountable in any of his situations. Um because money and power has gotten him out of a lot of trouble. And I believe, I hope, that this situation won't be like that. So impeachment is happening. Um, it's happening this week. It's actually happening right now. I don't feel like watching it right now. <laughs> I just don't. Um, I'm, I'm impeached out. But yes, 
Trump's lawyers versus the government lawyers. And let me tell you, these government these government folks are eating these Trump lawyers up, eating them for lunch, eating them like like Thanksgiving, eating them up just like that first good meal of the day. Just nom, 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 tearing them up. And it was funny because someone on Twitter said that the Trump lawyers sound like Joe Pesci from My Cousin Vinny. I'm like, word? Y'all are hilarious. And so these the 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 folks leading the trial have shown up with videos and timestamps and watching these new videos, the the security uh, footage, um, listening to the to the the different officers talking to each other on walkie talkies, seeing how close this was. This almost was a national disaster. This was almost a national disaster. You had a murderous, riled up bunch of white folk charging into a building full of people that they disagree about, screaming, hang Mike Pence. And they were looking for Nancy Pelosi. And I'm certain that they would have been looking for Rashida and Ilhan and AOC and any one of those folks who have been largely outspoken against this president and against his goons they were the goons and he he sucked the goon squad on on the seat of american government and that cannot stand republicans who like to who who would rather say hey i know an insurrection happened and yeah we almost died and the um and the Speaker of the House almost died, and you know <laughs> the Vice President and his family almost died. But while you know, why don't we just forgive? Why don't we just let bygones be got bygones? He's not the president anymore. Um, accountability is a thing, and he has to be held accountable for that crime of inciting a mob against against Congress. You know, those people charged in. They did a lot of damage and people died. People died. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a, a, a minor inconvenience. And this is the insanity of white supremacy that y'all could look at a situation like the insurrection that happened at the Capitol building and say, oh, that was so bad. But let bygones be bygones. And then look at situations like Black Lives Matter, where people are marching for their lives. And 93 percent of them were overwhelmingly peaceful overwhelmingly peaceful but you focus on the 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 small percentage of ones that weren't as opposed to this situation which was nothing but violence nothing but hatred nothing but destruction and you look at black lives matter and you say that you know when looting starts the shooting starts keep that same energy um and this is coming from a person who doesn't want to see anyone hurt. Like, I don't want to see anyone hurt. I don't want to see anyone get shot. Like, that's not my thing. So it sucks watching this whole sitch. Um, yeah, it sucks. But it's 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 good to see folks getting justice. Um, yeah, you can't walk into Nancy Pelosi's office and steal mail and leave threats and do all that sort of stuff. And then record it on social media. What in the hell? Like... Y'all didn't even know that you were committing a crime. Or if you did, you didn't care because you felt like you would be protected because the president was somehow going to protect you. And y'all are about to learn a really hard lesson that 
He does not care about y'all. We've been trying to sell you that. He would have settled. No, he would have been excited to have the elites that y'all are talking bad about. But he he could only get you guys. You guys were the bottom basement bare minimum because everyone else, including black folk, including um including a whole bunch of other folks, but especially black folks, shout out to black folk always, who were looking like bruh. We see you. We hear you. We saw you from the jump. We saw you in 2015 with this birtherism. We saw you um, on some of these shows and heard some of these uh, um, these rumors about you being racist. Like, we, we see you. We know who you are. And we're done. But yes, the, the government is going in with these timestamps and they show how close... It was like I, w- I watched a video earlier and it showed Nancy Pelosi's staff literally sprinting with their laptops and their bags, their belongings, um, or some of them with nothing, just with their lives and the, sh- and the things that they were wearing into an office and barricading that office. And then how moments, moments later, the Trump mob is heading down the hallways and 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 trying to throw their shoulders into the doors that they've barricaded unbelievable like watching officers getting getting smooshed by massive by a massive trump folk um how folks were dressed in tactical gear like what do you need that for <laughs> what do you need that for if not to start an insurrection if not to start some shit so, yeah, they've amassed tons of social media posts because, like I said, the ugh, these these folks, they did not think, hey, hi, we're committing a federal crime here. Nope. We're just it's like we're hanging out and, you know, we're going on a tour, we're going on a fun run in the Capitol building. No, unbelievable. Um, so they've amassed tons of social media evidence and they have a pretty quality case. I'm not sure how Trump's lawyers are going to pull this out. I'm not sure. Um, and if they don't do what they need to do in this impeachment, it's going to set a incredibly dangerous precedent. Um, and accountability must be held. If these ideals of America that people keep preaching to us, that we as people of color and women and um, disabled folks and LGBTQ folks have yet to see, um, if those are going to stand. So that's that. Um, So something happened this past weekend, something known as the Super Bowl. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Some little game where a bunch of boys throw around a pigskin and somebody wins and there's a trophy and whatnot and some some guy who's been playing for a really long time led a team um of Floridians to victory at that whatever game right but let me tell you about the things that are important here are the things that matter y'all are so mean to the weekend (laughs) y'all are mean I saw the tweets I saw the things you were saying you guys are rude hilarious but rude. Um, and why I say that you guys are rude is because you completely made this entire situation a meme from the wrapped out, wrapped up masks 
like his head was wrapped and their faces were wrapped. But from that, um, of the dancers to him walking around that like lit up room looking all confused and stuff like that y'all are just y'all are terrible y'all are mean um but the thing that uh, the reason why I say you guys are especially mean is because y'all are out here saying that his performance was not a Super Bowl performance well this is not a Super Bowl year guys (laughs) everything is kind of like all over the place from you know insurrections and mass protests and global pandemic so I'm like all right well you know the weekend considering the year I think it's a it's an okay pick considering so that is that on the weekend but here's the things that also matter the most Amanda Gorman ma'am young ma'am uh, the youth poet laureate, uh, laureate rather, who slayed at the inauguration. She did a poem honoring um, essential workers, and it was beautiful and timely. And of course, it's beautiful and timely and well written and well spoken. Of course, it is because it's Amanda Gorman, and of course, she had another badass coat on and slayed. Of course, she looked amazing with her braids. Of course, of course, of course. Alicia Keys was there too. And she sang, um, lift every voice and sing. That happened as well. Um, uh, so I I feel two ways about lift every voice and sing during the NFL. And I want to couple this with, I'm supposed to be saying good things right now, but let me just get this little rant out of the way. So her singing lift every voice and sing is not the problem. It's the fact that the NFL wants to have, a sing lift every voice and sing and then they put out ads like there was an ad later in the game that was talking about you know their uh their initiative their initiate change or start change or something like that initiative um tell people talk about like race and racism and things like that interesting coming from the NFL where something like someone said like 70% of the teams are black yet 93% of the team ownerships are white men you have an overwhelmingly black sport owned by a bunch of white billionaires Mm, feels a little shady especially with the lift every voice and sing of it all and the Let's talk about racism of it all. Mm. And the fact that, you know, glaringly, Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job. I said it. So until y'all stop whiteballing him and give that boy, um, give that man rather, sorry, I'm irritated. Um, Give that man his job his his dream job the thing that he wanted to do his whole entire life give him his job back y'all can keep it save it save it just keep it um but that was nice alicia keys singing lift every voice and sing more blackness between jasmine sullivan and her i'm 
dizzy because Jasmine Sullivan, she sang the Star Spangled Banner and she sang it with country singer Eric Church. Now, I know this was supposed to be like some big unifying moment where a country singer and an R&B singer, two very, very different people from two very, very different worlds, come together and sing this song about our nation, right? First, I loved Eric Church's guitar playing. I love the guitar playing and the arrangement of the Star Spangled Banner, this particular one, because it gave it some soul. It gave it, it modernized it up. It just, it did, it did the thing. It did what I needed it to do. Um, but Jasmine could have sang this whole thing by herself. <laughs> and I'm not sure if we would have had a Whitney Houston Super Bowl moment or if this would have been just a completely different situation for Jasmine, this would have just been Jasmine Sullivan's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. But Lord, that woman's voice, sweet Jesus, she sang down, sang it down. And I know she said she was nervous, but of course she was nervous. This is like a massive moment in her career. And it's the Super Bowl where a bunch of people are watching. And a bunch of people are, you know, live tweeting and all this other stuff like that. So, yeah, we get it. Um, but ma'am sang it down. She sang it like she wasn't nervous. She sang it like she was well prepared for this moment, which I believe she was. And then here comes her with her guitar and her beautiful guitar riffs and her just, uh singing um, America the Beautiful. And I liked her arrangement as well. I liked that the two songs that are considered classic Americana were shaken up and re reimagined by black women. I love that. But yeah, her sang America the Beautiful down, sang it down. It was gorgeous. Um, interdispersed were her guitar riffs it was phenomenal so that's what I enjoyed about the Super Bowl um yeah so that's that on the Super Bowl the best part was the black women um so y'all remember Kyle Rittenhouse that 17 year old kid who crossed state lines with a weapon that was not registered to him did not own and he used said weapons to take the lives of two legally protesting people in Kenosha remember that guy remember that he got out on I think something like two million dollars bail and some rich hick bailed him out um yeah he's missing Nobody knows where Kyle is. Apparently, when you're standing trial for murder and they bail you out, you can move. You can just go. You can just leave. You just move. And he has not updated his moving information with the legal, uh, the legal folks. So now we don't know where Kyle is. My question is, why was he released on bail? Why was he even given bail? See, there's this presupposition of white innocence 
despite the fact that this boy committed murder. Now, this is a boy. He's 17 years old. Despite the fact that this boy committed murder with a weapon that wasn't even registered to him. Like, there's so many different... He took a weapon across state lines. There's so many different crimes that were just committed and no one thought to put an ankle bracelet on him when he left or why did he get bail why didn't he just sit in jail because he committed murder he committed murder murder like i don't understand black folks can um try to lie about their their addresses so their kids can go to school and they get more time than this boy they get more consideration than this boy um Trash, absolute trash, absolute garbage, just nightmarish. So meanwhile, he's missing. At the same time, there is a nine-year-old girl in Rochester, New York, who was having a mental health crisis. Nine-year-old black girl. Her mother called to alert the police of the girls having a mental health crisis. So in the middle of the snow... These officers who are supposed to be trained officers um, enforcing the law tackle this young girl, grab her, put her in handcuffs, hurt her, try to shove her into the back of a, of a squad car, um, and then proceed to pepper spray her. That's right. A nine-year-old black girl gets m- worse treatment than a 17-year-old black murderer. I mean, 17-year-old white murderer. I want y'all to let that sink in that even when we're children and especially when we're having a mental health crisis, this girl was screaming, you're hurting me. I want my dad. I want my dad. I want my dad. One officer said, you're acting like a kid. And she said, I am a kid. So you see how there's this presupposition of innocence when it's a white kid, despite the fact that the white kid committed murder, murder shot people with a weapon with an illegal firearm meanwhile a nine-year-old kid who's having a a nine-year-old black kid who's having a mental health crisis who needed compassion and kindness and perhaps to be uh, escorted to her nearest parent was treated like like a murderer so that's that's that on that. There's so much more I could say, but we'd be here all day. Finally, we need to talk about Gorilla Glue Lady. I know y'all want to call her Gorilla Glue Girl because you think she's a girl. Um, This is a grown woman, y'all. Let me say this. The story has a happy ending. Because as of today, Tessica, the young woman who put Gorilla Glue in her hair to slick down a ponytail... For whatever reason, she um, she finally uh, had a procedure to remove said gorilla glue. So the story has a happy it has a happy ending. Um, actually, I'm just looking at Twitter right now. Apparently, uh, one Doctor Obang, who is a plastic surgeon, has removed all the gorilla glue from Tesca's hair. So not only does she get to keep her scalp she also gets to keep some of her hair and we can start over and apparently dr obing is a black doctor so wonderful um and she like i said she should have been met with kindness she should have been met with compassion 
And she was, instead of being sent home with, you know, a bunch of products which her sister tried to apply to her hair. And you can see this young woman was in tremendous, a tremendous amount of pain. So much pain, was so upset. But yes, and I, I had to stop saying young woman because Tesca's 40. She's 40 years old and she wanted to do a slick back ponytail. And like I said, bef- like, well, I didn't say this, but like I want to say the ponytail was cute. The ponytail was adorable. So I get that wonderful, terrific, fantastic. Um, At the same time, it's not worth what she went through to get the ponytail. Also, where are you going? Where are you going where you need a completely slicked back, slicked up ponytail in the middle of a global pandemic? Anyway, she said that she, she said that she did the ponytail with Gorilla Glue and that she had tried many times to remove the Gorilla Glue from her hair and I think she said something like 15 times, like this ponytail had been stuck in her hair for, what did she say, a month? It was a month that this stuff was stuck in her hair. Couldn't remove it, couldn't get it out. In fact, every time she washed it, what happens with Gorilla Glue is every time you put water on it, it reactivates and gets tighter and tighter seal. So 15 different times this happened. Ay, um... Also, I'm trying to imagine how this even happened because, like, when you get glue on your hands, it's sticky. And I know she had, like, a spray, but, like, that bru- when you brush your ponytail into a slick ponytail, wouldn't the brush get, like, stuck? Wouldn't, like, something have happened? Like, I'm trying to figure this out. So, anyway, she does this, and she can't get it out, and she puts out a video, I believe, on TikTok, um, and she shows that when she puts shampoo on her hair that she can't even get the shampoo into the hair and she's running her nails into this head of hers and the shampoo the shampoo won't even go down into the follicles because the gorilla glue has been washed and and dried so much it has created a shell on the top of her head so the shampoo's just gliding across the shell she can't get it out so she literally just wipes it off with a towel um so, yeah, she's gotten the Gorilla Glue out of her head as of today. Um, and the internet has been enthralled, enthralled by what's going on. Just absolutely enthralled following the story. And we're all trying to figure out, like, between... Between laughing initially... Saying that's what you get from putting glue in your hair and then being overwhelmed with compassion for this woman. Um, That's been like the overall sentiment. And people are starting real fights with each other on the Internet about this young, about this woman's choices. Um, And I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm not here to start any fights and I'm not here to to cast judgment I do have a lot of questions like I said earlier why why Gorilla Glue like no gel no 
you don't have any other like slicking products you know and I get the whole idea that black women's hair is a very sacred and touchy topic because so many of us have experienced trauma around our hair which is wild to me it's a whole culture of women and the majority of us have experienced trauma around the thing that naturally grows out of our scalp and we have to talk about why why we have that uh so yeah, that's a slew. I have just a bunch of questions around this situation. Um, some people think it's fake. Some people think it's real. Some people, like I said, are trying to combat the the hatred that this woman is receiving with compassion and kindness. People have sent money. There's a GoFundMe situation set up. The internet has been enthralled by this story. And like I said, it has a happy ending. So yay, Tessica. Um, I'm excited for her. I'm excited that she's been freed from the grips of the Gorilla Glue. I don't think we've heard the last from Tessica. I'm sure so she's going to end up on someone's show. Someone somewhere is going to want to talk to her more about her decision making. Um, and that is that on that. Let's get to let's get to Blacks in the Deep End. All right, let's talk Blacks in the Deep End this week. Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and everyone who has been involved in the film Judas and the Black Messiah. This is not an ad. I watched the film last night. Um, Guys, guys, I, and I said it last night. I tweeted it last night. I said, this is the most beautiful film that I never want to see again. And if you are a black person and you know the story of Fred Hampton, you will understand why. Oh, Lordy. It's it's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's amazing. It's soul crushing. It's exhilarating and empowering while also infuriating and heartbreaking. Um, so Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, he was in Black Panther. He was in Get Out. He plays Fred Hampton. And Lakeith Stanfield prays, plays, rather, not praise, plays an operative that is placed into the Black Panther Party to find out more information on and ultimately destroy the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. Whew. Heavy. It is a heavy film, as most of our historical black films are, um, especially the Panthers and how they were so unafraid of police and so unafraid of white folk and how they just said what they said and, and felt what they felt. But did you, like, I learned a lot. I did not know that Fred Hampton had come together with not only black groups within their own community in Illinois, but also (laughs) got some white folks involved, got some Latinx people involved. And that was amazing to watch for me. I'm like, oh, because usually when we see the Black Panthers, it's usually just black folk. 
And I'm not saying there were white Black Panthers. That's not what I'm saying. Or that there were Latinx Black Panthers. What I'm saying is there were different groups and those different groups all felt the same way about things. And Fred found a way of collaborating with folk, gathering folk, getting folk together. So much so that there's a, there's a, a sequence of scenes where Fred is arrested and he, he has to go to prison. He has to go to jail for some time. And while he's gone, there's this really tight, tight incident with some Panthers and police officers where a bunch of police officers basically show up to the Panther headquarters, threatening them, yelling violence at them, things like that. And then the Panthers respond by showing they're not afraid, showing up with their guns. And so then the police respond by calling for backup, saying that there's a shooting when no one had shot anyone yet. So shootout breaks out, right? Panthers who are involved with the shootout get arrested. They get arrested. They go to jail. Right? And as they're being arrested, one of the officers firebombs the Panthers headquarters. They blow it. They blow it up. Right? Not to the point of obliteration of the building, but there's a lot of damage in this building. Fred gets the news through a hole in the wall because he's in solitude, solitary, solitary confinement. And he, you can see he's, his heart is just broken. Meanwhile, back at the ranch or back at Panther Party um, or the Panther headquarters, the folks are getting together and they're trying to clean up and they're looking around and members of the community are coming by saying, hey, do you need help? Hey, do you need this? Hey, do you need that? Different black groups show up and they're saying, like, hey, we have some bodies for you to use if you need us. Um, And the community rebuilds the headquarters. And when Fred gets out of jail, he wants he says he wants to go by headquarters. So they take him by and he sees this brand new shining headquarters where they had replastered the wall and clean the floors and if there was a sign that there had been a firebombing you wouldn't see it you wouldn't know and he asks how does this happen and one of the guys said people power which is funny because that's something that Fred himself was preaching throughout the film about people power like this is how you change the world with each other so it's an incredible film um I am one of those people who, like, I can say that movies are wonderful and never want to see them again. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of movies like that for me. Uh, 12 Years a Slave. Uh, This film. Um, So many others come to mind. Um, But, yeah, it's an incredible film. You should at least give it a watch. It's powerful. It's timely. It's well-written. It's smart. It... It's so relevant for where we are now, what we're living through now. And yeah, it's dope. So that's this week's episode of the Reclaim Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Thank you for your support. Don't forget that if you want to um, 
be on Team Reclaimed and keep this show independent, you can become a patron at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Whitney Elise. And you can select which type of support that you would like to give. I think the lowest I'm at is like $3 and then you can go anywhere up. It's up to you. Any amount is appreciated over here, okay? Um, Creating this show has been the joy of my life, but it is work. (laughs) It is work. It is a labor of love, but it is labor. So any amount that you um, choose to support, that's fine. I am always grateful. Uh, Oh, and shout out to my current patrons. Y'all are so dope with your consistency. (laughs) Your consistency and your presence just being here like I appreciate you and shout out to past patrons like some patrons couldn't be patrons anymore um the pandemic sucks um so shout out to all the former patrons as well like I appreciate you guys for the time that you were here and I appreciate you guys for still being a part of the audio and blog and social media communities in which I create thank y'all so much um yeah, my birthday's this weekend, so I'm hoping to eat a, a lot of cake, judgment-free, have some sushi, and cuddle with my two babes. Um, maybe I'll buy myself something, maybe I won't, maybe I'll buy something for those guys, because that's what I do now, <laughs> just buy them stuff. But outside of that, you know, y'all stay safe, y'all stay well, please stay well, and we'll talk soon. Um, as always, peace, y'all.